As you all know, sharpfootballanalysis.com is the best place for fantasy analysis and betting information. In fact, last week, the site went 7-0 and on sides and totals with computer totals now hitting at 100% for year-to-date. Uh, you can choose some season-long, four-week, and overall weekly packages that best suit your needs. Use promo code SHARP25 for 25% off any product site-wide at sharpfootballanalysis.com. Hello, welcome to the Sharp Angles Podcast. I am Dan Pizzuta, joined here by Rich Rebar. Rich, here we go. We made it through four weeks, heading into uh, week five. We have our, our first London game, which uh, that can be all we say about that. We, we don't have to say anymore, uh, but here we go. Going into another full slate of games. How are you doing this week? You're great. Yeah. We're, you know, we're, we're in week five. You could, we kind of joked on a conference call this week with the, the, the team about how Sunday is going to be like a, a, a long day, potentially long. You've got the, the early kick in London and you've got this great Sunday night game of Bill's Chiefs. So you have a whole day of football and you kind of brought up to everyone's like, you don't have to watch the Falcons and Jets if you don't want to. Like, you can still ease into the day. Uh, so there's still an opportunity for a lot of people to just kind of take that one in with their breakfast or even still go to church on uh, Sunday morning if they have to or do their thing and, you know, kind of come back, uh, you know, and, and just check the box score if they need to. Yeah, as someone who is going to watches every game and pretty much writes almost every game on Sunday night, uh, the amount I'm going to be paying attention to Jets and Falcons at 9 30 a.m is the very low uh well think of um, your west coast i mean west coast that's a what 6 30 kick yeah uh, <laughs> anyone on the west coast don't do that to yourself you don't have to it's okay i'm always jealous of the the west coasters on sunday night and then uh but this is one where i'm not yeah i kind of or, or am because they'll just sleep through it <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I kind of always think how much easier my life would be writing first and 10 on Sunday night if I just lived on the West Coast. So it was a three hour time difference. Like that would be so much better that instead of doing things at like 3am, I'd just be doing them at midnight. I mean, there's no monetary change. You live basically right like a suburb of New York, don't you? Like, so like, I mean, it's still just as much to live there in the West Coast. Hey, go for it. No snow. The snow's coming, Dan. Oh, it is. It is. Uh, it's, oh man. Yeah. It's getting, getting cold quick. It, it went from like summer to like kind of winter, like kind of quick. We didn't really have fall. It like went to went 80 to 60 real quick. Um, and that's kind of how I feel about the early slate of games here. Uh, we, we were doing, we've been doing real well with like some real good games in the early slate. And you just look at the, the early afternoon slate here and Man, like we were, while we were putting together the worksheet on Tuesday, it was just like, these early games are just, are not good. It it took a while until we got to like the really good games when you're just like Tennessee and Jacksonville, New Orleans, Washington, New England, Houston, Detroit, Minnesota. Like these, these are just not really fun games. Um, But I I mean, there are ones that we can definitely get into. I think one of the ones that uh, I would like to talk about, uh, I think in in probably what is catching my eye the most in this early slate is Philadelphia and Carolina, because I think this is, you know, an interesting game between two teams that, um, you know, Carolina, we've, we've talked a lot about Carolina. They've been doing a lot of fun things on defense. Uh, They, you know, did not play quite as well against Dallas, but I think that's just because Dallas is going to be good. They are a good offense. And I think we can, and maybe Mm -hmm. good is underselling them also. Like they might be a great offense. That's, you know, one of the better ones that is finally like putting all the pieces together and has, you know, different pieces that uh, they, they have other answers now when they're on offense. So I don't think last week's game against the Cowboys is, too detrimental for Carolina on the defensive side of the ball. Um, But then when you look at what happened on the offensive side of the ball, we kind of saw Sam Darnold in a negative game script for the first time. And he kind of looked like what Sam Darnold had looked like um, in in the past. We saw uh, a forced interception uh, early from Trayvon Diggs and then um, 
the the second interception was was another a forced play when he was a little under pressure. You see him kind of when they don't have the play action, they can't have those you know short intermediate passes. You have to have Darnold uh, sitting in the pocket a little more, and uh, I think that's going to be that's more of a concern to me for what the rest of this Panther season is going to be um, rather than whether the, you know, the defense held up against um, against the Cowboys. But then when you look at, you know, what this Philadelphia offense has been like, it, it's been okay. I think they have the, the speed to match some of what Jalen hurts could potentially do if they're running, but we haven't seen Jalen hurts run quite as much as, you know, we would probably like, uh, especially on, on these design, yeah, runs, not the so. design game. That's the thing. Yeah, exactly. We that's what we were kind of hoping for. When you have someone like Jalen Hurts, like why why are these not more designed runs? And I think we you know we've talked about Nick Sirianni a lot, where the that first game was uh, a pretty good game plan and and had them do what they needed to do against Atlanta. And then we've just kind of seen that it hasn't been as good uh, over the past the couple of weeks, and it's left a lot to be desired. And I think even with some of the injuries uh, on Carolina's defense, uh, I think Jack Thompson's going to be out. Obviously, J.C. Horn's out. Um, but I think that that is going to be a concern uh, with still this the speed and the ability that Carolina has on defense. Yeah, I mean, so I had a lot of questions, you know, obviously throughout the week of like, oh, well, you know, Carolina's defense isn't for real. And like they were game for a while in that game. And, you know, if they don't have that, you know, there was a blatant fumble in the second quarter of that game that if they get the ball in or a Dallas territory, maybe they're playing from a little bit more head game trip. But you kind of hit them. I mean, Dallas has been good every week offensively, and they're going to be a team that is going to adjust and be able to kind of counterpunch basically a lot of what opponents do. And they ended up doing that as the game progressed and running away within the second half. Um, but I still think that the Carolina defense is still really solid. I don't know what we have in the Eagles. I don't really know how I feel about what the start of the Nick Sirianna era has is, is been um, because it was, like you said, it was, it was a great game plan week one. And I don't think we've seen a great game plan since. And even last week was just kind of a jailbreak, uh, you know, scenario. And they left a lot of points on the field, but, you know, that's kind of what the this Eagles team has kind of become now, the opening first weeks, like a lot of mistakes. I saw Jalen Hurts has four passing touchdowns that have come back for penalty and they did not score a touchdown on those drives. You know, you always hear that, like, uh, especially where I come from the fantasy, like this guy lost the touchdown, but then they have any touchdown on the same drive. There's been four times where he's had a touchdown pass and they've come off the board and they haven't scored a touchdown already through four weeks. Uh, that was repeated last week. I mean, they, they didn't even punt last week in the game and we really weren't even in it in the second quarter. Like they're, they were trailing like just like outright. Uh, so it's, it's a bummer. We'd like to see, like you said, the, the RPO game, Jalen Hurts leads the NFL in scrambles because they're so pass heavy and uh, they're basically forced to go pass heavy because the offensive line is just in the same situation it was last year. I mean, they had last year, they had 14 different offensive line combinations. This year, they're on the same trajectory. I mean, it looks like they will. Have, Lane Johnson's going to come back to the complex today. I saw uh, he was dealing with a family matter, but you know, the, both of their starting guards are already out, assumingly for the season. Uh, you know, Jordan Mulata is, is it looks like he's not going to play again. So we don't know when he's coming back. I mean, they're in the same boat uh, again. So, I mean, it's the offensive line's not good enough to run the football, and they've abandoned it. The last two weeks, they just have thrown the run game out the window. They're not even trying to incorporate any type of nuance. And Jalen Hurts is a type of passer still that he still needs that. You know, you need that combo, whether it's at the RPO game or to have, you know, neutral game trip, because he's the type of passer that thrives on offensive leverage. Uh, he's just that archetype of quarterback. Uh, so you want to be able to, you want to be able to, to exploit using his legs and open it, have that open up the you know lanes in the passing game. Uh, so, I mean, this Eagles offense still has a lot to, I think to, to work on. Uh, we've seen them kind of be really bad in weeks two and three against the Cowboys. I'm definitely not going to say that just because they scored a lot of points and a bunch of yards last week that everything's kind of, you know, feeling good, especially against this Panthers defense. It's going to be aggressive. Um, they are going to be missing, like you said, some key pieces. But uh, I, I still think the Eagles have a lot to prove uh, from an offensive tactical stance uh, for me to really start feeling really good about this team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm still interested to see how how this uh, Carolina secondary is going to be uh, shaking out. I think we saw C.J. Henderson come in a little bit last week, it, you know, gave up the the touchdown to um, to Amari Cooper. 
uh, on the outside there. And I think they're, they're still struggling to figure out how to get in without JC Horn. And, you know, they just traded for Stefan Gilmore, which I think is a really interesting, it's another just shot at a guy who might be good uh, in their scheme. And I think, you know, we didn't see great play from Stefan Gilmore, uh, last year uh he's you know coming off a, a rough season he's you know still going to be on, on the pup list until week six they're expecting to activate him uh in week seven but uh i think this kind of just shows uh, just from a grand scheme of what carolina is doing uh they're just trying to throw pieces at the defense and seeing if they stick and i think that's that's a that's a good way to go about it you're banking on high upside from a highly drafted athletic piece in CJ Henderson. You're trying to bet on the high upside of a player who has been great in his career in Stephon Gilmore. Uh, so, uh, and uh, a team that, you know, they had the cap space to be able to take on uh, Gilmore's contract, which is why they only had to give up a, a 2023 six uh, to get uh uh, Gilmore uh, when the Patriots were announcing you know they were going to release him they were one of the few teams that had the ability to take on that contract fully uh, for the remainder of the season so I just think they're they're putting themselves in a real good position just kind of all over the place um, uh, it just uh, the the offense is is what I'm still going to be worried about but I'm not totally sure that's going to be a problem in this game especially if Christian McCaffrey is back um, if the Eagles are going to be you know sitting in that that too high that we've seen them go uh, for most of the season so far under Jonathan Gannon, if you're just, you know, Christian McCaffreying uh, mm-hmm. this team to death, I think that's a way that the, the Panthers are going to be able to uh, move the ball consistently against uh, against teams and defenses like this. So, um, yeah, I think that's, you know, just a, a, a fun, interesting matchup. Um, let's move on to uh, another uh, really good one, I, I think, here. And I guess surprising because uh, we would not think uh, Green Bay and Cincinnati would be uh, a game between uh, two winning teams uh, right now. And, you know, Cincinnati has been, I think, fine. I think they've been, I guess, more impressive than we thought, but still they're not really, like, blowing you away uh, at any point. But at, you know, <laughs> three and one, um, I mean, you kind of – have to look at what they're doing. I think offensively, they are doing things well, right? I think Joe Burrow has been really good from uh, from a clean pocket, like one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now by uh, yards per attempt and, and even uh, EPA per play. So if you're keeping him clean, Green Bay has not been able to get a lot of consistent pressure. Um, and then you're looking at the outside, you know, Jair Alexander uh, injured. So when you have... Uh, guys who are have to step in uh, on that secondary and you have you know three wide in um in Cincinnati that uh is going to be able to be able to you know, throw the ball like they have been able to you know T Higgins should be back and that gives another element there uh you can spread out Green Bay a, a little bit this might be a, a little closer uh than maybe you would expect just you know saying Packers Bengals uh you know you would think yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there are matchup stance too. I mean, like you said the Bengals aren't like really lighting it up, but they're kind of just been b- very positive outside of that Bears game. Like, I don't know what happened in that Bears game uh, offensively for them, you know. But every other game, like they've been really good, and Burrow's been good from a clean pocket. Last week we saw them finally get a little aggressive. Uh, first three weeks they were bottom. They were thirty first, and you know, pass rate over expectation. Uh, and then last week they kind of opened it up a little bit and were a little more aggressive on early downs with Joe Mixon presumably going to miss this game. You think it would swerve into kind of them also being more aggressive. And then you take into context that, you know, they're going to get T Higgins back. It looks like, and the Packers now are banged up defensively with Jair Alexander. If he plays, he's going to play with a harness on his shoulder. Um, they might get Kevin King back, but that might be addition or subtraction by addition. I was that backwards, but you know, uh, yeah. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of like matchup sense here that like, the Bengals can exploit kind of the weakness of the Packers and some of the injuries they've had. And then offensively, the Packers still haven't gotten right. I mean, this offensive line, well, we knew Rodgers was going to have regression anyway. So you just don't have that the type of season that he had that and then roll that completely over. And a lot goes into the early season is the state of this offensive line. You know, David Bakhtiari is on the PUP. Eldon Jenkins hasn't played the last two games. I don't know if he'll play again this game. I've been trying to look at it. I haven't really seen anything. And, you know, they Corey Lindsley lives and leaves in free agency. And this offensive line's a little bit shaken up. You know, the, the Packers really are another team. They haven't really hummed along. Like even the games that they've won, 
it's been kind of them still just kind of, you know, getting to like the, the 24 point area and, you know, Rogers isn't, you know, hitting these high like yards for attempt. The super efficiency hasn't been there. And the Bengals have been just game enough on defense. Like the defense has not turned the corner really. Uh, but they've been kind of just game enough to make a player to a game. Uh, they're not really rushing the passer a lot. So this could be a difference between the, uh, the offensive line. They faced the, you know, the Steelers front last week and the 49ers, you know, good defense front the week before. So maybe this is an opportunity for them to kind of keep Rogers a lot cleaner than he's been the past two weeks. Um, but yeah, this game is pretty interesting at a lot of levels, uh, just because of the way the matchups kind of work out, you know, Burrow's been so good on first downs, um, and early down passing that if they open it up here and he kind of rolls over that ability, uh, the, the efficiency that he's had so far, I mean, it, it could be an interesting, uh, game where they were uh, actually just a, a, a straight up live dog, a home dog, and they're a short dog too. Um, that I definitely think they have a shot here. Yeah, and like you said, like Cincinnati's defense hasn't been overwhelming um, at any point, but right now they're fifth in defensive DVOA. Um, they are uh, fifth in yards allowed per drive. They're sixth in points allowed per drive. They're just kind of like getting things done in a way that's like not super sexy. Like you said, they're, they're not creating a lot of pressure. Trey Henderson uh, has been when he's on the field. I think he leads all defensive players in uh, pressure rate when they're just rushing four. So like he's getting home a little bit. The The rest of the team really isn't. Um, they are, you know, toward the bottom of the league uh, in pressure rate 23rd. They're not forcing a lot of turnovers either. I think they're only 18th in turnovers per drive. Uh, so when you look at, you know, their defensive DVOA, how they're doing in, in yards and points allowed per drive, um, you know, it, it's not fluky. They're just kind of playing well, which is weird. It's not what we would uh, expect from this defense. Uh, I think they're expected to get Jesse Bates back this week too. And I you know he's just, he opens up so much of what that defense can do. He sits back, you know, in single high. There are so few, we see so many teams are shifting to this too high structure now, but Jesse Bates is one of those few guys who allows you to sit in single high. Uh, because he has that sideline to sideline range. Um, so he opens up a lot of the other things um, that uh, that this team can do. And I think you're looking at some, some of their these corners are are finally, you know, playing well. You know, uh, Mike Hilton's been one of the most underrated corners uh, in the past couple of years, been a, be able to play the slot and, and blitz. So uh, I think he's opening up a little bit. I think you just have some, some of these guys on the outside. And um, it, it's going to be interesting. This It's just... I can't believe I'm talking myself into like a uh, Bengals being closer to the Packers than we think, but I think that's kind of where we are at this point. I think a lot of these pieces are, are playing well. And when you said on the other side of the ball, you know, Joe Burrow's so good in, in that quick game, um, just again, leading the league uh, in EPA in, in, uh, in these, some of these short passes um, and how successful he can be on these sh- short passes. So I think, you know, like you said, even without mixing, you can, you can quick game these, these guys to death, possibly um, kind of like we said about, you know, the Panthers and, and Christian McCaffrey. I think you can do that with some of these receivers with, uh, with T Higgins, with, uh, you know, Tyler Boyd um, and, you know, Jamar Chase has been going well uh, down the outside. So I, I think there's just a lot of these pieces that are kind of starting to click for the Bengals, even, even when they're not overwhelming, like it's just been pretty good. And, and right now pretty good has been enough to, to win them three games. I mean, I'm not going to bet them because the, the Bears game is still like in the back of my mind uh, to, you know, not to over overstep on them yet. But I, I mean, it, it would line up. I mean, neither of these teams have faced like a good quarterback schedule at all. The, the Bengals did play Kirk Cousins uh, in one of their games, but their other games were against the, you know, the Bears duo. That was like the game where Dalton got knocked out and Fields came in and they faced Big Ben and they faced Trevor Lawrence on Thursday night. And Lawrence did look good in that game. And then the Packers on the other side have faced what Jimmy Garoppolo, Ben Roethlisberger, Jared Goff and Jameis Winston like none of these defenses have really been tested either uh from accurate this this is the best quarterback I think both teams will face maybe you can push back on the Kirk Cousins angle for the Bengals but uh they're both going to be at least tested this week yeah well (laughs) right but with the the problem with at least the Bengals like they have played well against those quarterbacks the Packers are 23rd in defensive DVOA against that uh (laughs) against that schedule so that's that is concerning um so I think we we were kind of hoping that uh, a change in uh defensive coordinator and maybe scheme a little bit would help some of the Packers Jalen Smith's gonna fix it 
Sure. I mean, I, I think <laughs> Jalen Smith does some things well. I just don't think like we're not seeing, we're never going to see college Jalen Smith uh, again. And obviously I she's probably not going to play that much this week, but I think he, I think Green Bay does have uh some needs at inside linebacker, which they they, sh- they pretty much have ignored the position for the past uh, couple years, although Devondre Campbell is playing well enough. Um, but yeah, I think there's there's still just a lot of questions on that Green Bay defense and the offense hasn't, you know, gone into, you know, that that complete you know, hyperdrive that they were last year. So uh, until that happens, they're they're going to be susceptible to play uh, some closer games than they have Um yeah, in the past, and, and this might be one of them. Um, but we've talked about the Bengals uh, for way too long. So let's uh, move on to the, some other games. Uh, I think we can just kind of, are there any other early games you want to hit? Because I could ignore the rest of them. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just, I just think from like, yeah, if you look at it, it's more just from like a tactical stance of just trying to figure out what exactly is going on at New Orleans. But we've talked about them a lot, you know, over the course of the early season, we can kind of move away from them. Uh, don't really know. Cause I mean, you know, we, you know, you have this, the saints team that just is, what are they? We, what we don't know, right. Through four games. And then we've got this, the football team who, I mean, what has happened to this defense? What has happened to it? Um, but I would, I don't know, I guess we already started the, t- the conversation on it, but t- what you tell me what's happening to the football team defense. Uh, well, you know, regression is always going to be in play there just in sure, general, but... if everyone was still playing well, right. But they, <laughs> they don't really have a, a great, they're not like schematically doing like great things that would put them in good places if guys are, you know, underperforming. And I think that's, you know, part of the problem here. Um, there's some miscommunications happening on, uh, on defense and that's leaving, you know, some uh, openings where, uh, you know, they were a little tighter last year. I think some of the the linebackers have, have not been uh, playing as well. I think they're still trying to figure that out. And the, just the, the outside pass rush has not been there. I think their, their best pass rushers have been coming from the inside. Jonathan Allen has been great. Deron Payne has been good, but the, the pass rush that we kind of expected to uh, be there from uh, Chase Young and, and Montez Sweat just has not uh, completely been there. I mean, they're, they're 11th in pressure rate, but I think just so much of that is coming from um, the inside. Uh, you know, Jonathan Allen leading is uh, third in pressure rate uh, for defensive tackles um, in a four-man rush, and, and he's really bringing it, but it's just like that's where it's coming from. It's that interior, uh, and then I think just a lot of the other pieces just aren't really holding up as uh, we kind of uh, expected, and there's just there's not a lot schematically to make up for that either, so uh, I think they, they do have a lot of uh, pieces that just kind of need to gel together a little more, and I'm not, I'm not totally sure how that's going to work or, or how much better um, it can can really get in, in the short term. This kind of feels like a, um, a thing that's going to take a couple weeks at least for it to really click. Uh, and but again, against New Orleans, this is a team that just uh, no longer throwing the ball to Alvin Kamara. Like I. <laughs> Uh, or to anyone. <laughs> really? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, just, uh, uh, you know, Marcus Callaway just hasn't been the receiver we thought he might be after the preseason. I'm not sure, you know, why uh, that's happened. Yeah. There's been really no big receiving threat. They're, they're trying to run the ball uh, up the middles for through Alvin Kamara. And that's, you know, kind of worked uh, a little bit, but there's only so much you can do there asking him to uh, carry so much of that load. Um, you know, Jameis Winston still doing Jameis Winston things. Um, yeah, even when they work out the Taysom Hill still, is he threw passes against the giants. Um, but the one that, yeah, let him back in, man. (laughs) Yeah. And somehow, um, you know, when they come in, like it's 90%, he's going to run like quarterback power and somehow it still works, which is incredibly just frustrating to watch. Like I, why is the taste? Why does the Taysom Hill thing like work when there's really one play, uh, they run. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think new Orleans is still, tr- they're trying to figure out what they are. And I just don't think they have any pieces. They 
like um, that is going to structurally have that offense uh, moving around like like it should. I just I don't think they're they're comfortable with the Jameis Winston you know drop back game. They don't have the receivers um, that kind of mesh with what the Winston should be doing well. Um, so uh, it, it's really weird to see this them just giving the ball to Camaras just so often. Um, but luckily the, the defense has played well enough that there were some, um, you know, hiccups against the giants that did leave the giants, let the giants get back into the game. And, and there were some deep passes there, but the defense has been good enough where, you know, Winston hadn't had to do a lot beforehand. Um, so they could kind of play that type of, um, that type of, of offense that's just been able to get them through the games. And even like his, you know, we talked about his, his five touchdown game. Like he, he barely had to do anything. Um, and, and there have been a, a lot of a few games like that. Uh, but I think if we're looking at what this defense is going to be able to do against Washington's, um, I mean, look at the Taylor Heineke is like Jameis Winston esque. Uh, he had some Jameis touchdowns uh, and Jameis type of throws uh, against uh, against Atlanta. I mean that that touchdown to, to Terry McLaurin. He had no idea like where that was going. Like that was that should not have been a touchdown. And uh, if it was not for Terry McLaurin, like <laughs> that that should not have been a positive play at all. So I think we. Uh, we might see some just wild throws um, that just should not happen. The Heineke experience uh, is enjoyable. I'm enjoying that, the Heineke, because it's like Fitzpatrick still playing. It's why I like it. Yeah, I just I think we're going to see some some similar quarterback play uh, from these two teams, and I think it's probably going to be whatever defense is able to uh, make those mistakes actually turn into turnovers. Uh, That's probably what's going to be what flips this game here. All right, so let, let's get to some some better games. Uh, let's let's talk Browns Chargers because uh, this is the Chargers. I mean, the the offense is is finally cooking. Justin Herbert doing, uh, you know, Justin Herbert things. Uh, but I think what's really exciting is this defense is really starting to uh, come along. Um, they are now at ninth in defensive DVOA, which like when we looked at this team uh, before the season, we were like, okay, Staley's Brandon Staley is going to come in. He's going to be doing a lot of great things, but is this, does this team have enough talent on that side of the ball? And what Brandon Staley has been able to do is he just has a defense that's centered around who the great players on that defense are. And that's, you know, Derwin James, that's Joey Bosa. And also now that's uh, Asante Samuel Jr. Who has been uh, incredible. Um, you know, I think we, we talk a lot about how hard it is for rookies to uh, come in and play corner. Well, and that really hasn't been the case this year. I think we saw with JC Horn uh, was able to step in Asante Samuel Jr. Right now is uh, fourth in adjusted yards allowed per coverage snap, which kind of adjusts yards for uh, touchdowns and interceptions uh, allowed. He is uh, he's, fourth uh, among corners um and that's not um you know crazy high on interception he has two interceptions uh so it's it's not like it's a trivon Diggs thing where he's you know has five interceptions and that's uh bumping up that that ranking uh he's just uh, playing so well and i think when you can structure that defense uh around uh more talent than we kind of thought this team might have uh now i think they they now look like one of the best teams uh, in the AFC uh, and uh, against this Browns team where this offense has, has struggled uh, a bit. I think we should probably, you know, we were, we've been talking a little bit about Baker Mayfield, but this, this might be a conversation like we need to be having about Baker because uh, I think he was the biggest beneficiary of the, the Justin Fields debacle uh, two weeks ago because he did not play well, uh, but we were so caught up in talking about the Justin Fields game plan in that game um, that uh, Baker kind of fell under the radar and he again uh, against Minnesota did not have a good game missed uh, Beckham on on a bunch of throws he again he's back to like looking um, indecisive in the pocket the on target rate is just not there um, and the the explosive plays that they were building off some of those play action shots like those have not been there either so uh, the the Browns defense has been as advertised but I think we kind of thought this defense or this offense in, in the second year was going to continue to take a step forward Forward. And it's taken a couple steps back. And I think that is absolutely concerning for the Browns, especially against what this Chargers defense could be. Yeah, this game's interesting because how did the Browns approach this and how did Brandon Staley approach it? So we know how Brandon Staley typically is wants to, to play defense, right? They don't want to give up 
they don't even want to let you attempt deep throws uh, if they can. And Carr had a couple shots. You know, he had rugs for a, a long one that he overthrew late in that game. Uh, but the way to play against the Browns, like if, if you wanted to let the Browns run, you they will totally adhere to that. Like, sure. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll run, you know, Chubb and Hunt the entire game if that's what you want us to do. Um, yeah. And so that's going to be an interesting cat and mouse game. What inherently Staley has always done is what the Browns would love for them to do. So it's going to be interesting to see if they do mix it up a little bit this week defensively. They also, we talked about, the, you know, a couple of teams that had like really great starts. I mean, the Chargers defensively have given up a, a decent amount of yards, but look at their ranking in DVOA and everything. And they face Dak Prescott. They face Patrick Mahomes. They face Derek Carr. Uh, they face good offenses out of the gates, you know, outside of Washington in week one. So, I mean, they have been tested a little bit. Uh, and, you know, this Browns team's going to, is, probably a step down from all three of those offenses they faced the last three weeks, especially due to quarterback play. But it's interesting to see if the Chargers invite the Browns of all teams to come and run on them uh, because the Browns will totally do that. <laughs> uh, and then that keeps, you know, that's how you keep Justin Herbert off the field. And, you know, this, this offense that has really been kind of strong, you know, uh, basically entire season, they just had, so they ran into bad luck the first two weeks, touchdown luck, you know, where drives uh, stalled out and they had a turnover in the red zone. Um, but Herbert, and the one thing is we've seen him do his, Pressure stats have regressed, and maybe it's only a four-game sample, so maybe he ends up getting hot again. But remember last year, he was just, like, impeccable under pressure, and everyone's like, all right, this stuff can't sustain itself. And it hasn't the start of the year. I mean, under pressure, he's gone to 5.1 yards for pass attempt. He's completed 55% of his passes uh, compared to 73%, you know, when kept clean, 7.8 yards for attempt when kept clean. So there's been a significant gap if teams can get home, and the Browns have been getting home. Uh, this so far this season uh, without without blitzing. I mean, they're getting home with their their down linemen. And obviously, when you have you know the talent that they have, you you know you want those guys to win. Uh, and then they've had some great you know uh, guys step up you know on the defensive front too. Like McDowell has been playing out of his, like remember he was like a like yeah. left for dead. He was like left for dead basically in the league. I think he was on like three or four different teams. Um, yeah, so I mean he's been playing awesome. So I mean it's going to be interesting to see. This is a game that I think could end up being like the Vikings Browns did last week where it's just not really high scoring. Maybe I'll be wrong. It just ends up being, it, it ends up being popping because it's got a, a, a decent uh, game total for this. These, these are these games that are from the one to 4 PM uh, slate. Uh, but I could see this game also being a game where it's a lot of intermediate yardage gained uh, per play. Yeah. And I mean, to, to go back to what you were talking about, about the, the, um, how the chargers would attack this and how the, the Browns on offense would, you know, the chargers the fourth in pass uh, defense DVOA, but 25th in rush defense DVOA. So there is that, that huge split there. Um, the, the run fits not quite as, as crisp as they were with the Rams last year. And that was kind of, you know, uh, a difference in, in last year with, with the Rams. Um, they were so good at defending, uh, the run, they were third in uh, rush defense DVOA, which, you know, with, even though they were playing those light boxes, they were able to defend the run so well. And that, that hasn't completely clicked um, in uh, for the chargers yet. They're, they're still trying to figure that out because they, they don't quite have the pieces still, you know, those, those safety pieces aren't, aren't quite yeah, is know, that a, as well. When, when you, when you bring that up, is that a, a byproduct of like the, you know, uh, uh, defensive back, you know, tacklings, you know, the Rams are a team that obviously, you know, when they had John Johnson and obviously Jalen Ramsey is, is so good in, in that game as well. Is, is that more of the, is the, is the hangup of this initial defense applied to the chargers scheme? Like you have Derwin James, but the, is it, is it more to the DBs or is it also the front seven pieces of having, you know, like a Donald or like a Leonard Floyd, those guys, so does that make a difference? Yeah, I think it's still a little bit of uh, everything right now. The, you know, the Chargers are uh, about in the middle of the league in uh, you know broken missed tackles. Um, you know, they're they're twelfth, uh, which is fine. I just don't think they're they're as quick, uh, right? And I think when you have you know with your your safety playing that star position is you know instead of Jalen Ramsey, you don't quite have that guy who's now you know quite as quick to fit the run. I think you have Nasir Adderley who's, who's playing really well in, in coverage, uh, but coming in downhill has not quite been what he has been, you know, able to do just yet. Um, so I, I think there's, there's still a lot of uh, the pieces that they have to kind of, you know, aren't fitting uh, exactly as they were 
uh, with the Rams uh, in the run fits, even though the, the coverage has been great. But I think that that hasn't really been an issue so far. But like you said, against the Browns, it probably is going to be you know one of the run heaviest teams in the league. Even when they are the Browns are playing well, uh, they want to be able to run the ball on on early downs because they're they're so successful at it. Um, so I think they are going to continue to try to do that. So how that is, yeah, like you said, this could just be a a run it down their throats, uh, dare them to. Uh, the Chargers are going to dare them to run and the Browns are going to run and, and dare the Chargers to do something else uh, on defense. And that's how it's going to be. And then, you know, on the other side of the ball, um, you know, I, I wrote about the, after week two, I think some of, you know, Justin Herbert's you know struggles on early downs and how they were, uh, you know, going about that. And I think a lot of it was the pressure. And I think it, it was part of what that pressure was doing was forcing them to check down quicker than they had been in, in the past. And that was a lot of, you know, dump offs to, uh, you know, uh, Austin Eckler or, or the running backs or, or the tight ends. Um, and he was just getting the ball out quicker and that's how they were dealing with pressure. And that, but that led to a lot of, um, fewer explosive plays. And I think when we saw Justin Herbert do great under pressure, and it's kind of like how he was great on third downs. We saw him kind of just hanging in the pocket and waiting for that big play to open up. And I think he's the chargers just as a whole, I think have been uh, less open to that early in the season. But I, I think we saw a little bit more of that uh, on Monday night. So I'm interested to see how that is going to uh, go. If they're going to allow Herbert to hang in the pocket a little more, maybe wait for something to open down the field, or if it's going to continue to be that quick check down game uh, when pressure is coming on early downs, knowing that there is another down, they can get to third down. I think they've just been open to playing that style of offense more than the Chargers were last year when Herbert was just out there, you know, making plays. And that's what he does on third down still, because uh, he, he has to, there is no down after that. So that's why that success was there on third down um, and not so much on the early downs under pressure. So uh, I think we might see him open it up a little more, but this Brown's coverage unit has been great too. Denzel Ward has been good. Greedy Williams uh, just came back and he, he had an interception. He's played great. Troy Hill has been amazing uh, in the slot. So I just all of the pieces that we thought on this Brown's defense that could work have probably been working e even better than expected. So that, that, is as advertised. So I think that is, uh, I think both sides of the ball right here are, are really just uh, fascinating, uh, just uh, matchups in, in how they want to attack each other and how the other team is probably going to want the opponent to uh, attack them. I think just the, the way the play styles mesh uh, is going to be, this is going to be, I think one of the, the more fun games to watch. So well, let's, let's move on to uh, some of the, the later afternoon games. I think we can, we can hit giants Cowboys quickly. You know, you've been teasing about the, the Jason Garrett game, but like, <laughs> so, sure, sure. So uh, one out of 20 games has been a good offensive game plan. Um, and I'm, I'm interested to see how that is going to uh, continue because they they did push the ball down the fields uh, a little more. They used, you know, Saquon Barkley on a, a vertical route for like the first time uh, on the outside, like from empty the first time in like four years. Um, I couldn't believe it was him when I saw I was like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely insane. Um, Even the Saints were confused, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I think that was actually like even to go a step further, like that was set up from a play uh, earlier in the game uh, where they um, where, where they had a, a similar formation and they uh, went on on a. Uh, they, uh, I think they ran like a, a just a quick out uh, from that. So the Saints were ready for that again, and then Barkley just you know, ran up the field for for a touchdown. So, um, but we'll see how that is going to be against a Dallas defense that uh, has been able to create pressure. Mika Parsons has been uh, great in his role uh, as a more more full time pass rusher. Um, you know, he's been uh, incredible there. He's one of the top. Uh, players in, in the league in pressure rate. He's uh, among the tops in uh, pass rush win rate uh, from ESPN. So uh, I think that has that still gives uh, Dallas an advantage there. You have uh, a secondary that has just been um, aggressive to a point where they've been able to uh, get some turnovers. And uh, if you can still bait Daniel Jones into throwing into a tight enough window where a turnover is possible, like th that's still going to happen. Like we haven't had the crazy Daniel Jones turnover yet. Like that. It's it's coming. 
Um, I, I don't fully believe that he's completely erased those from his game. That's just, so I, I really think like those it's, it's on the way. Um, so, and maybe, uh, Trevon Diggs baiting him into one is, is coming that way. And then on the other side of the ball, the giants just, they haven't been able to create pressure. Um, Enough. And Dak Prescott has has been incredible. Everything he's doing pre-snap, he's getting the Cowboys in the, uh, the right look every time. Like they have not been confused or in the wrong play uh, at any point this season. Post-snap, he's been uh, incredible. They're they're still going, uh, you know, three wide even without Michael Gallup. They have so much talent at, at receiver. They're they're also like setting up plays. Uh, later in the game, the uh, the Cedric Wilson touchdown oh, last week was um, was set up by uh, another play they had you know early in the game. Like Kellen Moore is doing great things uh, offensively. Uh, so I just I, I don't think the Giants have enough on defense to stop the Cowboys' offense. I also don't think the the Giants' offense is going to be uh, aggressive enough to uh, to hang with that. So um, as fun as uh, the Giants might have been uh, against the Saints, I just I don't see it holding up uh, against Dallas. No, I mean, if we just go back two weeks ago, the Giants didn't do anything against the Falcons. Uh, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's hard. 14 to, points against the Falcons. Like, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to really kind of, you know, glom on it. We need to see a string of it, right? Like, absolutely. And, you know, even in the first, what, you know, quarter and a half of the Saints game, they didn't really do anything. And, you know, Daniel Jones was, at, you know, played out of his mind. I think I wrote what he was. Uh, he was second in the NFL in, in completion rate over expectation last week so he connected on his deep ball career high 402 yards career high 10 yards or pass attempt we're going to need to see him string a couple of those along for us but uh i wanted to just just real quick and it's on the show like how does because i feel like what they had with Kadarius tony last week like that's something that you just don't put back in the bottle but where does he fit in when you get Shepard and slayton back like how do they keep him on the field how do they how, how do they find a way to keep him in uh, game? because it was a clear difference maker on offense just him touching the football he looked like uh you know a player like this guy needs touches yeah i mean for the first time you know they they kind of they treated him like an actual wide receiver which i feel like is what you want to do in that situation the first couple of games it was you know the like when he was in the game, like the ball was going to him on a jet sweep and the defense knew it. Uh, so they were like some disastrous plays early in the season, but they, you know, treated him like a wide receiver, which uh, is, is good. And he had some yards after the catch ability. And so we'll, we'll see. I, I'm, you know, I, I wasn't completely sold on him as a prospect, but yeah, like you said, like when you show what he did uh, as a Saints, it's going to be hard to keep him on the field, especially if you want to use him in the slot where Sterling Shepard has been, you know, so good. He was excellent um, to start the year. Like Shepard was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's going to be a hard, you know, even running 11 personnel when Jason Garrett wants to have as many tight ends on the field uh, as possible. So uh, it's, it's going to be something that, I'm just, I'm just not sure if there's going to be, you know, more of a rotation. Like you can't really rotate Kenny Galladay out, right? Because he, you're paying him too much to, to be a rotational player. Um, you know, now you have even John Ross now is, had that deep touchdown. Um, does he take you know, some Darius Slayton snaps? So I don't know if you're just going to be, you know, rotating so much, but then does that throw off the timing uh, that you have with Daniel Jones when you're rotating so many receivers uh, in there? So I don't know. It's it's a real interesting uh, dilemma uh, for the Giants because uh, they somehow have uh, too many good receivers without having a good passing game. I'm not totally sure how, how that works, but that's where we are with, with the Giants still after this game. So, um, you know, I, I th- he does need to be rotated uh, in a, a little bit more. So if they uh, can, you know, get him in there, play a little more and not just for those um, you know, those gadget plays, if they're going to use him as, as a receiver a little more, I, I think they should. So, um, you know, I don't completely trust them to be doing uh, the right thing there, but uh, I think that that is an interesting thing to watch, especially, you know, for, uh, for fantasy, if you want to see, you know, how many snaps this guy is going to be playing, because, you know, I think they just need all the playmakers they can get uh, on the field. Um, so speaking of playmakers, Kyler Murray, still doing Kyler Murray things. Um, and I think that's, that's just going to continue, right? Like e- even in a game where he didn't like light up 
the box score. Like he was so good last week, just doing what he does. Um, so I think this, uh, this Arizona team now against San Francisco, um, with the defense has still been, you know, playing fairly well. So I think they ha- still have a lot of speed, uh, there, but I think just everything we're, we're seeing from, from Kyler right now, like that's, and we might have a Trey Lance game. Like if this is Kyler and Trey Lance, like that's going to be fun. But Trey Lance, you know, was not great uh, consistently or really at all. There was, you know, the, the touchdown to Debo Samuel, but obviously that was a complete blown coverage uh, by Seattle. Um, but I think, you know, figuring out what Kyler Murray is doing is like, has been my favorite, like week to week thing so far this season. Yeah, I mean it's all coming together. I mean, he's it's he's now turned into the player where you can do everything right and it doesn't matter. Like yeah. you do defensively, you I mean they have that third and sixteen pressure dialed up. The pressure's there. Uh, he takes away the angle. Not only does he take away the angle to get away from the blitz, but then he finds a way to get up and still gain sixteen yards because he's so fast. Uh, I mean, those that, that when you have these types of players and it comes together. And listen, Cliff's been Cliff's been good this year. Like we, you know, we gave Jason Garrett one game of credit. He's got to string them together, but Cliff's given us four now. Uh, he's starting to do some fun things. Maybe it was just the, you know, the early personnel things, but I mean, we'll see if he does, you know, some, some game decisions. We saw it in McVay. He had a lot of questionable decisions again uh, last week, you know, in terms of kicking the kicking game, but you saw, they ran a, they ran a play where you had, you know, Chase Edmonds split out wide, he motions in and they had, it's a, it's an outside zone handoff to Rondell Moore. Like they've got fun stuff going on and the, they've just been a defense or we're an offense where like I said, you, you've got, you can call a perfect play defensively to combat what they're doing. And they've got now playmakers that it doesn't matter. Uh, they've had 400 yards of scrimmage in all four games. Uh, only team to do that. It's the first time they've done that in franchise history. Uh, this 49ers defensive structure, which has been the same, not blitz, you know, play a lot of, you know, outside quarters. Uh, Kyler's run all over them every time that they play. He's, you know, 34 yards, 70 yards, 91 yards, 75 yards. Uh, so, I mean, I, I anticipate the Cardinals still not being slowed down here at all. And it just depends what happens at the 49ers. Trey Lance wasn't good. And we saw in the preseason too, like he would have stretches where you saw the, the questionable development. I actually do stock a lot of what Kyle Shan- Shanahan said and how they've handled him because this is a guy that played one football game over the previous 20 months entering this season, you know, and entering the preseason right. uh, and, and D2 football at that. Like, so, I mean, it's, you know, I do believe that there is probably an unevenness to them, to, to Trey Lance, and we saw it in the preseason. But he's also shown, too, in the preseason and in the stretch that we saw at Seattle, he can also function not being good. And and I don't think Jimmy Grapple has that gear. We've seen right. it, you know, and that's the, that's the thing. Like, you, we can say the blown coverage and then the prevent touchdown, but the thing is the 49ers had a little bit of life that they didn't have the first two quarters of that game. And we saw that happen in the Eagles game uh, for a half. And we saw that happen in a half against the Packers. Like there's just no, when the 49ers are flat and Jimmy Garoppolo is flat, like that offense does absolutely nothing. Uh, And, you know, he he can't come, you can't overcome a bad Jimmy Garoppolo performance. Whereas the 49ers, I do believe still have an out overcoming a bad Trey Lance performance. He has that still within his range of outcomes um, to be bad and still have, have your offense be productive. Uh, So, I mean, it's a wild card Uh, with them having a bye next week. It would seem to make sense that maybe we're just getting a little more gamesmanship from Shanahan early in the week saying Garoppolo could play because they are on by. And if, you know, Jimmy has been like a, a risk-free injury, it would seem make all the sense, but also does he really want to open the Pandora's box of does Lance play well going into that by then you have another, oh, a week of another extra install. It's, it's an interesting di- dynamic now that's in place for the 49ers. Yeah. The, it, it does throw a little bit of a wrinkle. It kind of seemed like the, the buy might be, you know, the natural place to have that quarterback change. But now that you have uh, this, the game before the buy uh, that they have to kind of figure out, it, it is, you know, an interesting uh, dynamic. So, so we'll see. But yeah, like you said, there's just there, there there's more answers to to questions when Trey Lance is in the game. Uh, like you said, there's just you know you you have that that secondary thing that you can rely on um, where you know you just, you have that open rushing ability and like it, then it, it opens up things for, for other running backs, uh, right. When, when he's in the game and you have, well, I think we kind of saw that like that was him entering the game in the the preseason. Yeah. Yeah. And him entering the game at the half, when you had a full week of install that didn't revolve around Trey Lance playing is, is, is different than him starting the game too. 
Yeah, and it'll be interesting because as well as the Cardinals defense is playing, I think the the one thing you can potentially get them on is, you know, some some misdirection when you're, uh, you know, trying to, to fool some of those linebackers in that. Um, you know, that defensive line is trying to come, you know, straight up the field to, to get pressure and, and rush the passer. Uh, if you can have some of that misdirection, I think that's what some of this, you know, running game is going to be, whether it's Garoppolo or Lance, but I think Lance brings up, you know, that added element of, of that, that run game uh, from the quarterback. And if you have to defend that, I, it, it opens up a lot of other lanes for what they want to do uh, in the run game, which I think is going to be to their benefit long-term, um, even if it's not that game. And I think just one other thing uh, to look at, uh, the, the San Francisco defense has played well, as we said, but there, there's this, you know, the big split between how they are in short passes and their seventh in defensive DVOA against short passes, their 20th in DVOA against deep passes. And Kyler Murray has been on another level throwing deep uh, this year. He is 13 for 18 on passes that have traveled at least 20 yards past the line of scrimmage. Uh, that is a 72.2% completion rate on, on deep throws. Uh, like he's not going to continue to do that throughout the season, but like he's just been on, it just insane uh, other level right now he has been uh on target on uh you know 77 uh percent of those 88.9 percent have been catchable um that's just he's just uh, just insane uh on on those deep passes and like those deep passes are happening right are our constant criticism of the Arizona offense for his first two years was that it was, everything was short. Um, it was, it was screens, it was short passes. Yeah. It was the horizontal rate, but now uh, <laughs> whether it's, you know, in structure or, or Kyler's, you know, kind of scrambling out and, and making these plays happen, like these deep passes are happening and he's doing so well on them uh, that even like if he regresses a, a little bit, I think he can still be one of the best, you know, deep passing production uh, passers uh, in the league. And that's just an added element that this Arizona offense has this year that they didn't in the previous years, even though Kyler has, you know, one of the strongest arms uh, in the league. And now that deep passing has, is finally coming as part of the offense. He's hitting on it at an, an extremely productive rate. Um, so even if that doesn't completely hold up uh, to, you know, the rate it's been, I don't expect him to be a 70% deep passer during the season because no one, is um that would be the best deep passing season we've seen by like 10 percent. so it's obviously like that's not going to hold up but the fact that those shots are in the offense now uh is a real good sign going forward of, of whether this offense can sustain and i think it can uh so let's let's wrap up with uh with sunday night because uh bill's chiefs uh, real fun game. Um, you know, we saw this twice last year and, uh, I'm writing about this for the site. It'll be up by the time you're, you're listening to this of how the bills kind of tried to figure out the chiefs, uh, in the two games they played last year, that, that week six game, um, that weird, uh, like 5 PM Monday, uh, game, we saw them do what a lot of teams did against the chiefs last year, sit back in too high, almost exclusively rush for, uh, and, uh, kind of hope that worked to stop the D pass. And then Patrick Mahomes just kind of, you know, uh, picked them apart. They were able to, you know, run the ball effectively against those light boxes. Uh, the, the short intermediate game worked a lot for Mahomes. And then we saw in the AFC championship game, uh, the bills got a little more aggressive. They were, uh, they, had some single high uh, pre-snap looks a little more, but they uh, used more aggressive post-snap rotation. Uh, they blitzed a little more, but Patrick Mahomes knew, killed the blitz because that's what Patrick Mahomes does uh, against the blitz. Uh, but now the Bills have been you know, rushing four at a higher rate this season. They are um, it's second in pressure rate when rushing four, and last year they were only 24th uh, you know, when they were in pressure rate. On, on a four-man rush. So they are rushing forward more often. They're getting pressure more often. That's allowed the coverage to, the coverage has been a big part of that, has been able to sit back. They have Levi Wallace, who's playing great. Javius White's, uh, you know, obviously playing great. Those safeties are, you know, two of the better safeties uh, in the league. So I think they've tried to figure out how they can, beat the chiefs and having that four man rush is going to be a big part of it. And that coverage that can hold up behind it. So if they can get pressure with four, I think that's interesting, but you know, like we've seen against the chiefs, uh, there's, 
only so much you can do um, because, you know, Patrick Mahomes just still finds a way and they, they have so many answers, right? We've talked about it so many times. Uh, when you're playing too high, you go to Travis Kelsey. When you're, when you're playing man, they're just going to go to Tyreek Hill. Now they might have Josh Gordon. Like, I, I don't want to get too far ahead of like what Josh Gordon could be, but it, they haven't had a third option, right? And I think that potentially gives it to them at least like Josh Gordon doesn't have to be good. He just has to be better than McCall Hardman, which is not a high bar that has been set for this offense. So uh, having that there and whether, you know, the chiefs also have been okay running the ball and they have been giving the ball to Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And then I think when you look at Buffalo's offense, like it's just, it's been up and down. The, those, the splash plays have been there. Um, it's, you know, there's 2020 Josh Allen, but like, 2019 Josh Allen wants to come out like a whole lot. Uh, and I think they've been you know, trying to keep that in. Um, so I, I think it's going to be you know, real interesting to see, you know, just how uh, they're going to let Josh Allen go if they have to have uh, that type of game where it's going to be uh, a, a shootout. But if this Bill's defense as constructed right now, they are number one in DVOA by like a, a mile. I think the, the gap between them and number two is the same gap as like two and 24, uh, I believe. But again, the Bills haven't really, you know, played anybody, but and they've had four games and they face three backup quarterbacks already. Right. <laughs> right. But like they have they have taken advantage of that. I think we've like, oh, sure. seen we've seen defenses that are playing bad quarterbacks that or we just talked about Green Bay. Like they've been playing bad quarterbacks, they have not been playing good defense. Um, and like you said, like the blowing out bad teams is a sign of a great team. Yeah, like that's yeah. you know, one of the older, you know, football outsiders. Um you know, or rules that they kind of uh, discovered and um, looking at a lot of, you know, the EPA and, and DVA and, uh, and other kind of rating metrics, like when teams blow out teams, like that is, that boosts them up the most. And that's the best sign that we have a, a good team. Um, so the bills have been doing that. And I think, but they're going to get the biggest test against the chiefs. And I think there's just uh the way they have structured their defense right now has kind of been building up to whether it can work in this game. So I'm really, I really want to see, you know, how they continue to, to structure their defense and whether that, that front four uh, can get there. And I think that just might open up some more possibilities for Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be, a, you know, this is their first real test. And this is the same boat we were in two weeks ago with Lamar. Like we can't take the bill seriously until they beat the chiefs. We right. same thing with Josh Allen, right? We're in the same boat now. Lamar got his, got his. Can Josh Allen get his this week? I mean, this Chiefs defense, though. Oh my God! Like we've been, we've yeah. had some bad Chiefs defenses over the years, and is, they've given yeah. up lots of yards. This version is, oh, this is up there. This is um, who was the defense coordinator for Spags? Uh, I can't remember who it was. It's a, the the name is eluding uh, me. But man, this is the tackling on this team. I mean, you see a team like the Eagles, you're just throwing four or five yard passes and you can't just make a tackle in the open field. Um, it's been rough. It's been really rough. So that's, can they slow down this Bills uh, offense? Because they're getting pressure. Like Spags is getting, you know, they're, they're dialing stuff up to get home at the quarterback. And it just has not mattered at all. And that was the one like advantage that they had against Josh Allen last year was they were consistently able to get Josh Allen off of off of his rhythm he was horrendous when they were able to pressure him in both games uh he was 10 of 28 passing 106 yards 3.8 yards per pass attempt under pressure in these two matchups and he started off the season really bad against pressure has been good the last two weeks it's come around um like you said so he, he's given us a little bit of 2019 josh on a little bit of 2020 it's been mixed in what what do we get on sunday but man this we when you allow 460 yards to an eagles offense that we talked about earlier in the show that has really no identity right now and you don't force that team to punt what are you going to do against the buffalo bills and brian Dayball in this offense like and the bills are probably going to play a lot more four wide they haven't even gone to 10 personnel because they've been smoking teams the last three weeks so we haven't even seen them really play a lot of 10 personnel like they did in week one against the steelers so i imagine we'll see some more of that this week as well uh yeah this chiefs defense is the ultimate wild card because they in typical years past they would give up a lot of yards but still make enough plays with their with their stars and tyron matthew and chris jones and like this team is just oh my god this defense to start the year has just been an absolute nightmare 
Yeah, it was uh, the Bob Sutton was uh, the yeah, Bob, okay. coordinator nice. beforehand. Yeah, it it, <laughs> it does look like it, some of those, and um, I think the possibly the the dangerous thing for for Buffalo is they're getting uh, Dawson Knox involved now, right? And that's just a threat that they they weren't really using to the biggest. Well, first of all, they didn't have to last year, right? Because the wide receivers were so good. Uh, but now they're finding ways to get him open, especially in the red zone. Um, and if you want to really exploit what the Chiefs are doing, like you want to attack those linebackers. Yeah, this is like three um, years and, running, those linebackers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but the, the Bills didn't have to do, didn't really feel the need to do that. But now that they have like an, an effective way to use Dawson Knox, um, um, and they're, they're finding ways to open him. Uh, his, his first touchdown last week was like a, a Stefan Diggs like gravity play too, where like three guys uh, on defense just kind of gravitated toward Diggs and it, it left Dawson Knox wide open. And I think that they're, they're scheming up uh, places where that's going to be possible too. So I think that like the bills just have a couple more answers that they can, they can be consistent. Um, you know, like we said, I think like this, this is going to be a pretty close game just because, you know, that defense is going to allow, um, allow teams to hang with the chiefs more than we've seen in the past couple of years. And it like, we started this conversation. If the Bills defense can continue to do you know, what they've been doing well, obviously they're not going to do it at the rate they were doing it uh, over the past uh, four weeks. But if you know the, the structure is there and they can continue that, then I think that, that puts them much closer uh, than they were uh, last year at, at, at any point. Um, so uh, I, for a Sunday night game, it's, we're getting another good one. So it's going to be a fun yeah. one to watch. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So uh, we will uh, end that there. Um, thank you guys for listening. If uh, you have not listened to uh, Rich's fantasy show, uh, you should uh, be doing that every week. It, it is on this feed. Also the sharp uh, angles betting show, uh, er- everything on this feed you guys should be listening to. Uh, you can find uh, all of our work on sharpfootballanalysis.com. You can find Rich on Twitter at Will Reeves. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Pizzuta. Thank you guys for listening and we will talk to you again soon. 